welcome back to Broadway Europe. Uh, delighted to be joined by Stuart and Colin today, and obviously we have got a great guest, Super Bowl 50 champion. He's an Altitude Sports Radio. Ryan Harris, uh, pleasure to have you on, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Ryan, you were one of the first guys to come on our show back in 2017, and we appreciated it then to have you on the podcast, but it's great to be able to see and chat to you here now. We're, we're really looking forward to it, and thank you very much for taking the time out of the day. This is being recorded, folks, on the day that uh, the Altitude has the, uh, the golf tournament against the NVR, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. Are, are you going to jump up there uh, in the afternoon, Ryan, or are you going to sit at home? And no, man, I got three kids, guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know Stuart, Colm, or Michael, if you guys got kids, but... Um... Man, I, I ain't got time Two. to do 18 holes. I ain't got five hours right now in my day. Uh, Hell no. I'll do nine, hour, nine holes in a long lunch. But uh, no, man, uh, and, and Vic Lombardi's too serious about golf. I play qualitative golf. We don't keep score. We just, you know, golf. So that's, uh, that's the difference between me and many a golfer. Oh, right. If we can take you back to, to your college days and you, you played for the Fighting Irish and uh, – you, we were just talking before we, we started recording. Uh, you had hoped to, to be heading this way in, in August for the game against Navy. Yeah, I mean, you know, being the, the color analyst of uh, Notre Dame football is one of my favorite jobs, you know, that I have. And um, I get to go to all these places with none of the stress, you know. Um, but, yeah, we were looking to come out to play Navy in Ireland and from the last – I didn't get to go to Ireland when I played at Notre Dame. We didn't get to go do any of these kind of – cool international games um but they do it every two years and, and um and we were looking forward to coming out i think i was going to come out on tuesday before and then um uh, just golf wednesday thursday friday saturday right up until the game and then maybe golf sunday morning before leaving home so i mean i had plans but uh but you know one of the things i've been saying on my show corona knows man corona knows what uh how close we were to playing out there but uh it's safer as they're planning now and, and i look forward to going and as well, uh, so my full name is Ryan Emerson Wilcox Harris. So I've got some Irish in me. So I was looking to, looking to have some fun uh, in Ireland. But as you guys all say, right, everybody comes back on a vacation looking for their heritage, right? But who cares? What you're going to come to America and get a hamburger? I'm going to come there and look up my Emerson roots. Fair? <laughs> oh, a- a- absolutely. And we'd we'd be delighted to welcome you. And uh, you, you, there, there's quite a there's quite a collection of uh, of, of Notre Dame co- connections with the Broncos, with Vic Lombardi, and and we were saying Howard Griffith's uh, son is is studying there. And uh, Justin Simmons actually has some Irish heritage too. So maybe you can get Justin and you guys can come over and explore your Irish heritage together. There we go. No one will believe us, but we'll be looking nonetheless, you know, <laughs> looking nonetheless. Watch out for the Broncos Europe party with, uh, with Ryan Harris and a number of Notre Dame and, and Altitude alumni in two or three years in Dublin. Then sounds good. Stuart, uh, you're going to be the man organizing that, yeah? Absolutely. Um, we'll, uh, I'm not great on the golf courses, but the, uh, the 19th hole might, uh, might be our area of expertise, <laughs> which uh, Ryan, I imagine you've heard of the 19th hole, uh, or is that just a uniquely Irish expression? I, I haven't heard of it, but something tells me I know I know the 19th hole very well. Yeah, yeah, the 19th hole doesn't involve golf clubs or golf balls. It involves, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> operate golf, of, I think they call yes, it, right? Indeed, operate indeed. golf. Yeah, absolutely. The fifth, the fifth quarter in football, I imagine. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort that out for you. Don't you worry. Um, so Ryan, you um, you you were drafted by the Broncos. You 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 had um, you've been with the Broncos on and off uh, for a long time in your career. We will come back to that later. But you were originally drafted by the Broncos 
um, when Mike Shanahan was the coach, correct? Um, yeah. And Jay Cutler was the quarterback. And I think we, we, was was Alec Gibbs still there as as a as a? Or yeah, no. So of... I left just after. Yeah, and it was okay. an amazing team. Um, you know, I had to have my my second of what would end up being four back surgeries, nine total surgeries while I was in the NFL. And um, one of the things that you know, I enjoyed about coming to Denver was that it was, you know, I knew nothing about it, but there was a, it was an organization that knew how to win championships. And that's something I wanted to be a part of. You know, we went to two BCS games when I was at Notre Dame, uh, but we didn't win any of them. And I wanted to win a big, I wanted to win the big one. And thankfully I did, as you mentioned, you know, left the Broncos, went to Houston for two years, Kansas City for a year, and then back and, and got to win it. Um, but to win a championship for the organization that, uh, that drafted you, there's nothing better. There's absolutely nothing better. And, and I know that from experiencing just about everything else in the NFL. So it's fun to bring, uh, to make people right, um, who, who, who pounded the table for you, who fought for you to get drafted. And uh, also fun to live in the city where you want a Super Bowl. You can get a dinner reservation anytime you want. <laughs> and what was, what, was, uh, what was Mike Shanahan like as a coach, Ryan? Um, was, was, you know, everybody hears about his sort of, his attention to detail and his game planning and stuff like that. But how did you, how did you find him as a, as a, as a, as a guy, as a, as a, as a man? Um, did you enjoy playing for him? Because he, he kind of, he has a very intense um, persona when you see him, you know, on the, I mean, in fairness, a lot of coaches do to, to give him his due, but he, he particularly looks intense. But I think a lot of players have said that, you know, once the cameras are off or once the game is over, he, he's actually a very sort of a friendly personal guy. Did you enjoy playing for Mike or, how did you how did you find that experience? Yeah, I love Mike. You know, he was he was probably the most confident coach. You know, one day he came in and he had his little Starbucks coffee and you know the dress shirt and slacks and goes, you know what we're gonna do this week, guys? We're gonna kick their ass. And let me tell you why. <laughs> you know, like he would just start the meeting off like that. And uh, and he was the players' coach. He wanted us to 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 have everything we needed to succeed on Sundays. And um, and, and unfortunately for us. You know, we had, I think it was the, the top passing offense and the th number three rushing offense in 2008, uh, his last year. But our defense, I think, was 30th or something like that. So you really have got to have a good team of players who are able to, you know, play on offense and score and stop them on defense. And that's how we ended up winning Super Bowl 50 later on. And obviously going back in that year, Super Bowl 50, going to your third stint with the Broncos and your final stint with the Broncos. Is it true, Ryan, that you were sitting on your couch when you got that phone call from the team? Uh, no, I wasn't sitting. I was coming home from, um, I was sitting on my couch when I got the original call. Um, and then, so they called me and said, Hey, you know, what's it going to take? And we told them, you know, I just came off of playing in 16, starting 15 games. I already had by then over 50 starts in the NFL. So I was like, listen, you want me to come in and play? Like, this is what it's going to take. They didn't give us a shout back. And then, um, my wife, uh, I was driving back from a workout. My agent called me. I still remember, I still pass that area sometime. And I knew when Gary Kubiak came back to Denver that there'd be a shot of something special. And, um, and then my agent said, we're going to, you're going to Denver, get in the car, you know, get in the car, go down and sign the contract. So, and so many of the staff, so much of the staff was the same staff from Houston. So in that Houston team, we went two and 14. So, you know, to see some of those other coaches after we won the Super Bowl, you know, with the ring on your middle finger saying, remember when we went two and 14 together? God, we got a whole lot better, didn't we? You know, <laughs> um, was a bunch of fun. But um, it was such a great experience to come back, especially because right then we'd had our, our second child, my daughter. Uh, so she was about five, four months old. 
and to know that we didn't have to move and find a babysitter and do all that um, really was great. And it allowed me to play the best football I've ever played in my life. And Ryan, like, what was that season like? You, you know, you've talked about it, Houston, you talked about going two and 14, but then that, that season, it just seemed like the, the chemistry and the camaraderie amongst the players. I mean, you had some phenomenal players and you had some phenomenal characters, but it just seemed the blend seemed to really work. And, and what, what can you talk us through the, the, a little bit around the, that journey of that season? Yeah, I mean, we were, everyone was a character on that team, you know, but Gary Kubiak wanted, he said, let your personalities out. And the biggest thing on, on it was the best, Super Bowl 50 year was the best team I'd ever been a part of. Um, just selfless players. I mean, Peyton Manning, DeMarcus Ware, excellent teammates. Um, but I'll tell you, we never, we never apologized for our expectations of one another. And whether that was in practice, whether that was recovering after a game, we had the highest expectations that you're going to show up on time. You're going to do extra work to make sure we were great. You're going to do everything you could to match everybody else's level of excellence on the field. And I learned a lot in that year about never apologizing for being great. A lot of people don't want to be great. A lot of people want to be comfortable. And we were a team that wanted nothing to do with comfort. We didn't care. And a lot of it had to do with the many of the team, much of the team, I'd say maybe about 30% of the team was on the Super Bowl 48 team where they set all a bunch of records and got their ass kicked. So we all knew it was about something bigger than ourselves. And we came together, we worked, we demanded excellence from each other every day. And that was the biggest difference. We didn't care what anybody thought. And Phil Jackson in his book, the, the soul, uh, I think it's called the souls of the ring, the 11 rings, the soul of success. He talks about good teams it's us versus you, great teams, it's just us. And that's where we were. We were in a place where we didn't care what anybody wrote, what anybody thought, because everybody was, we were gonna, we were gonna prove everybody wrong just by believing in ourselves, and we did that. And Ryan, do you think, um, like you talked about the fact that like, some, of, some of the guys had, had been obviously on the, the Super Bowl 48 team, but was it, was it Coops who, who, set, who set the tone, or was it like uh, DeMarcus or, or Peyton, or where, where did that, that greatness or that desire for greatness come from? Yeah, I mean, Peyton and DeMarcus weren't going to let you be, you weren't going to play if you weren't going to be, if you, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make the same mistake or make a mistake on something we had just talked about. So the level of focus had to be there. Also, keep to leave, you know, wasn't, you're not going to, you're not going to just run a certain route against a keep to leave and catch him slipping in practice. I mean, these guys, they, that defense was so good in practice. We didn't, I don't know if we scored a touchdown in training camp. And the only days we knew we could play football are when DeMarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller were given the day off. It was like, oh, okay, we can play, you know? So, um, but, you know, Gary Kubiak also did something that is very rare and something that I also found in, 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 at the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin. Great coaches let, want their players to play fast. And, and, you know, Mike Tomlin would say, hey, we got light luggage when we play, man. Don't be carrying things with you. Don't carry things with you play to play. And the best thing Gary Kubiak did, and both coaches believed in honesty, but before every game, Gary Kubiak would say, hey, listen, there are no mistakes out there tonight. No mistakes. If you make a mistake, it's on us as coaches because we didn't prepare you right. You go out there, you play fast, let your personality shine and have some bleeping fun. And so you have all this permission as a player to just go play. And I even came back one time on the sidelines. I'd made a mistake. My coach was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know. It's your fault, coach. You should have taught me better, you know? And even in that moment, my <laughs> coach was like, 
you know, kind of laugh because what what could you fix right then? You know what I'm saying? And the level of players that we were, we knew, like I always knew when I made a mistake before anybody else, right? Even before the defensive player who maybe succeeded off of that mistake. So don't come to me throwing a book at me to, acting like I'm some kind of rookie, you know? So we had just different personalities, but our our leadership wanted us to play fast, wanted us not to focus on mistakes because guess what? Mistakes happen in every game. Winners know how to go beyond. To win, you must go beyond your failure. And that's the most common thread in every success story. So, Ryan, you um, you were saying that you're uh, the color analyst for Notre Dame, but I presume you've been sort of keeping an eye on uh, the Broncos since Super Bowl 50. Um, I think it's fair to say that that it's been a difficult enough transition, which is not a surprise because I think any any um, any team that loses a great quarterback tends to have uh, you know a couple of years in the wilderness um, unless they're very lucky, like Green Bay from far up to Rogers. How do you feel? Um, so, so we've asked everybody this question, and it's been it's been it's been lovely that this year there seems to be a, uh, an optimism about Denver going into the new season. How do you feel the Broncos are? now as opposed to maybe where they were like a year ago are you excited um the way the broncos are trending particularly offensively because i think in fairness the defense has stayed pretty strong in the last couple of years but offensively things have been you know they have they haven't been great um how what, what's your, what's your feeling about where denver are right now uh as an offense what do you think we can well, we can do hopefully next year yeah, getting Graham Glasgow was huge at the guard position. You're going to get Juwan James back healthy. Uh, you're going to see the best Dalton Reisner you've seen, even though he was a rookie last year. Um, but the biggest thing they did was they, the Broncos added speed. And to win in the NFL, you need speed. And I'm not talking about, oh, that's fast. I'm talking about the kind of speed that just drops your jaw. Tyreek Hill type of speed. You need speed that scares defenders multiple defenders who have an area especially against the zone coverage defense I mean there's there's a human aspect to playing football when somebody speeds past you it's hard not to notice right so even if I'm not responsible for you Stuart but you know Michael runs flying by and I hear the you know you know I don't know what's happening I don't know if I'm getting hit all of a sudden you're turning out to catch the football so even if speed doesn't make the catch, it can make the play because of how much attention it draws from other players on the field. Just, just finally, Ryan, you've obviously, when you spoke to us originally in 2017, you obviously had almost started off in that post-football media career with, with, with Altitude and obviously with, with, I can't say it, with Notre Dame as well. And I can see this week as well, you've been chatting to our friends at Denver Broncos Italia as well. So you've been branching yeah. out a little bit there as well. Have you enjoyed the, uh, the you know, branching out into media? And was it something that you expected to enjoy even before you finished playing football? Yeah, well, I, I've loved um, getting into broadcasting. And, um, you know, I love helping people, you know, I love educating and, and humanizing the sport that people love. And for me, you know, to give people extra insight, what really matters about, you know, a signing or a player or a play, you know, I have a lot of fun uh, doing that. I've got a, uh, um, an imaginary doctorate in applied football mechanics and theory, you know, and so to be able to share that, um, you know, outside of being a coach is great, you know, and I just, I'm also grateful, you know, I'm grateful to the uh, Broncos Europe fans and Broncos, you know, Italia fans, because, you know, I remember going out to Wembley and seeing a bunch of Broncos fans when we played out there. And, and I just, you know, the game of football 
could bring us together in so many ways on and off the field, in and outside of the locker room. And I just want to continue to share that joy and gratitude for your support and, and, uh, and give you some information in that regard. And it gets me out of the house. So my wife doesn't kill me, you know, in retirement. <laughs> right. This has been absolutely fascinating. And I we just I thank you for taking the time. I mean, I know uh, RyanHarris68.com and you, um, you have a book, um, My Mindset for Mastery. And I know one of the things that I, I see that uh, associate with you is that the right to be extraordinary. But you kind of have given us insights into not not that that's not just a slogan that is something that you take with you and 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 you live and and how i suppose the the 2015 team embody that but you've carried that forward and i think this has been just a, a joy to get for us to get the opportunity to to chat to you and to to get some insights so thank you for taking the time once again to talk to broncos europe we truly appreciate it thanks for having me go bronco go broncos <laughs>